The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. So when you need to find that next person to help grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire. People with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds on LinkedIn. And why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team and get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Daily. All right. Draft week rolls on, people. We have just been giving you a fire hose of content. We had Delvin Bro, we had Billy Gomley talk about LSU, but now we've got the crown jewel of guests, Andrew. We have Nick Underhill, who, by the way, has returned to us from covering the Patriots. And people, you were sad when he left, and we said, oh, we don't have good reporters. We wish we had good media people. Nick is coming back. He's doing it on his own. Support this man. We support him. Me and Andrew both support him. Support this man so he never leaves us again. <laughs> Nick, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on here. Uh, and yeah, any, any support is definitely appreciated. We're, we're running a promo until the start of round one tomorrow. Draft 2020 on an annual plan gets you $10 off. I'll probably never do another promotion again. I, I don't even know where this one came from, but I decided to try it just to see how it goes. But uh, yeah, this might be a one and only time to get a discount. So if you're on the fence about signing up, maybe maybe that'll get you in. Well, well I, can, they... I can speak firsthand as a uh, very happy customer that uh, Nick is second to none. Uh, it's, it's worth its weight in gold. If you're a Saints fan, if you obsess day-to-day, week-to-week about the ins and outs, uh, Nick is the best in the business. So highly recommend and highly uh, encourage the investment. So, I appreciate so, it. So, Nick, uh, before we get into Saint stuff, uh, with deciding to go from the athletic back to New Orleans and then a pandemic hits, how many sleepless nights did you have? Um, honestly, the support has been pretty strong right out of the gate that – I'm surprised I'm not feeling it more than I have. I mean, for, for, you know, my family personally, the, you know, the biggest issue is that my wife's job is going to be coming to a close. So, I mean, the stress is, is coming from that side, but you know, so far things have been pretty good 
over here. You know, there's still a long way to go, and I wouldn't, you know, classify it as, you know, being in a, in a super strong position. But it's it's not it's not scary right now. And honestly, from the minute I started this until I did it, like a few times I've stopped and looked back and, and thought I should have been more concerned and more worried, like quitting a job and just doing this, like. But it's just something I did, and I was like, it's gonna work, and then like it's working, and I think that's just more of a credit to you know the fans, the community, their willingness to to support and you know recognize what I'm trying to do, and you know step it up and, and being a part of it, and you know it's just I kind of expected it to to be that. I just you know I know people love this team so much. Look, you guys see it too. You got a, a really strong you know supporter base for what you're doing, and you know I I just think that people. You know they they care about the way this team's covered and you know whatever it takes to do it. I I think that you know they're willing to get behind it and support it. And that was my belief coming in. And I haven't you know seen anything to make me waver from that so far. So you know hopefully just things don't get too bad for people and they can you know afford to pay for frivolous things and <laughs> things like that. I guess I guess that's where the concern would be is you know down the road if this keeps going. But you know so far it's been okay. Well, we're, we're glad you're hanging in there. And it's, uh, well, you've been back for a while now. It feels like you never left, but uh, it's definitely glad to have you, Nick. Um, now, I know that you, with the draft coming up tomorrow, uh, we got lots to talk about there. And uh, I know that you got off a Zoom call with Mickey Loomis recently. I'm sure that he divulged all of his secrets. I'm sure that he had a PowerPoint presentation where he talked to you about his board and told you exactly how they expect the draft to go and which players they're going to take. Uh, so since he's given you the keys of the vault and told you everything, what can you share? <laughs> you know, honestly, this is, a. you know, since 2014, I, I've covered a lot of Saints drafts, you know, and I feel like I, I had a better idea of who they were going to draft every other year than this year. And I think part of that's because of, just the spread out nature of things. And that there isn't a lot of, you know, gathering and gossiping and, you know, things of that nature. The, the NFL is a kind of a small world and, you know, it's, it's very gossipy and you, you, you know, if you know where to look, you can tend to get, you know, narrow things down a little bit and have a few options. I mean, this year it's just, it's just not there. And, you know, I'm shooting in the dark, like, like everybody else. Um, you know, I think it is an interesting year though. And I, I think it might favor them in some regards, because I, I think that this is a year where, your scouting in the teams that scout well are going to have a really significant advantage. And I think, you know, the teams that you see that do really well in the later rounds are undrafted free agency year after year. I think those are your teams that, that you can look at and know that their scouting process is a little bit superior to other people's scouting processes. And I think the saints are, are one of those teams and, you know, without the information and, you know, there aren't guys that are going to run, you know, their 4-3 out of nowhere at a pro at a pro day. And then all of a sudden, you know, 32 teams are, are on this guy. But teams that, that are, you know, looking everywhere, like the Saints, you know, the Patriots do a really good job of, of finding UDFAs. Uh, you know, just teams of, of that ilk, I think, are going to have a really big advantage on day three. And then especially in the UDFA range. So, you know, at the top, I, I think there's probably somewhat of a consensus like there is every year. But. I do, I do think that you know when we look back that they might be in a position of power entering this draft. Well, the for the first time ever, Nick, they're going to have comp picks next year. Like it's it's going to happen. It's going to be multiple ones, if as you have explained and other people have like trying to figure out the formula. It's probably going to be at least 
a third or a fourth round pick plus something else. How does that factor into your likelihood of the Saints continuing their trend of four straight years of moving up in either the first or second round? Yeah, I think they should get a three and a six. Uh, the three for, for Bridgewater, the six for A.J. Klein, and then I think Sanders and Von Bell will probably cancel each other out. And I believe, and I could be wrong on this date, but I believe on April 27th they can start signing veteran players, and those guys won't count against the comp pick formula. So I think anybody that comes after that date. So, I mean, I'm a little off topic here, but as we talk about quarterbacks and you know them needing to get one to play behind Breeze so Taysom Hill can still do everything he can do, that could come through the draft, or it could be possible that they already know who they're going to sign, and there's a veteran that you know maybe they they have a verbal agreement with, and they're just waiting until that date to bring them in so they don't lose the pick or you know mess something up there. So that's you know that that that's one thing to keep an eye on. I, I have no idea which way that's going, but you know we won't have to wait long to find out who the backup's going to be if if they don't draft somebody. Uh, what was the question? Oh, the comp picks, what what they could do. Do you think? Yeah, so. Go ahead. Yeah, so I think, think, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it makes it harder on them or easier on them, you know, in in practice, because I I think that they're a team that that says, all right, this is a guy, go get him. And, you know, theoretically speaking, like you could trade a two and a later round pick every year or something, you know, to get to get back into the the second round every single year if you wanted to. And, you know, it's kind of the way they, they manage the cap. If, if you're willing to to move the balance of your credit card to the next credit card every month and you have 15 credit cards and you're just running them in a cycle and you have the nerve to actually do that and to manage those balances <laughs> and, and, and play on the edge, you never actually have to pay the bill. And they can do that with the cap. They can do that in some respects with the draft picks. It's going to, you know... They're going to pay a little penalty every year, but you can get back in that round if you want to. But yeah, having the comp picks, I think, does give you a little bit more flexibility to do it. You can, you can maybe, you know, you, you trade a three, and okay, you're getting a three back. So I, I don't think it's a, it's it's a, a hindrance without it. But I think having it, yeah, maybe it does give them a little bit more edge to be aggressive, and they can trade that three and the six, and know that they're getting the three and the six back. Nick, we know the Saints to be very aggressive in going to get their guy. Uh, the way they've approached the draft in in recent years, and really in all of the Sean Payton, Mickey Loomis era, you just see them lock in on a guy. This is who we want. Let's go get him. That's that's been the philosophy, and so a lot of trust is put into the scouting department, into their evaluation of players, and they just believe that their evaluation of players is just far ahead of the rest of the league. And for the most part, I I think you could say the results justify that approach. Do you think, given what's going on this year, given the fact that they haven't been able to get face-to-face with a lot of these guys, they haven't been able to be in person at workouts, do you you see them potentially being a little less aggressive this year, maybe staying put at 24, knowing that they haven't been able to apply their usual process? No, because, I mean, I think they traded up for Brandon Cooks without ever meeting with him at all during the uh, the pre-draft process. So, you know, they, they met with a lot of guys probably already at the Senior Bowl, the Combine, uh, the Shrine Game. And, look, I mean, they can have endless FaceTime calls or 
what are people doing now? Zoom? Did Zoom even exist like six months ago? I have no idea where Zoom came from, but it's everywhere now. But I mean, they can get guys on these these calls and go through it, and it's essentially treated as a phone call. And I believe there's an unlimited amount of those, and you can you know throw them up on on, on your phone or on the screen or whatever, and tell them to you know diagram some plays and go through all that stuff. And it's basically you know you're getting everything out of it that you would out of an in-person visit. I guess the only difference is is that like maybe it's not you know there's sometimes traps involved with those those visits you know i know when ruben foster came here a few years ago he overslept and missed breakfast with the team and you know they were still going to draft him at the end of the first round but i'm pretty sure that took him out of play for the earlier uh picking that draft so i mean there's some things like that where where maybe you aren't catching uh randy gregory had a similar situation too where you know these things aren't going to pop up but i think in general you're probably getting something reasonably close to the same experience as somebody coming in and uh you know having that in-person visit you you can you can find out the things you need to know i mean if you're targeting somebody as a possible trade-up option i think you probably already have your short list of guys there and you're comfortable with everything that needs to happen to to make that go but i don't i don't think the saints are a team that that are going to change their approach very much and you know, it, it just speaks to the, and I asked Loomis about this today and you know, his, his answer is exactly what you would expect it to be Their Their aggressiveness is just an extreme confidence and, you know, a having the right vision for the players and B trusting their scouting to, you know, a, a very strong degree to where they're essentially running counter to, you know, I don't know if it's all 31 teams, but if it's not all 30, 31, you know, their, their approach to the draft is quite different than anybody else's and, <laughs> We got to go back. I don't think you can argue with it. I mean, they've made the right picks. You can say, you know, people can nitpick on Davenport. I think the Davenport trade was still a good trade. It's just the injuries. He stays healthy. He's going to have probably eight or 10 sacks. I don't think that's a bad, you know, a bad deal. But yeah, I mean, I I think they're going to do what they do regardless of, you know, what's going on. And maybe it even plays to their advantage a little bit if other teams are a little bit more gun shy. Wait, we got to go back a second. Ruben Foster, he got kicked out the combine. He overslept and missed breakfast with the team, and they were still going to pick him at 32? How much did they love him, Nick? Well, I mean, I think uh, – <laughs> I mean, I, I know they liked him as a player, and I know he was on field. He came in after that. He he got there later in the day, and he did on-field stuff, and I guess his on-field stuff was really, really good. Um, you know, I think you just get to a point where it's like, okay, at this early in the draft, this isn't worth the risk, but then – you know, at 32, you're like, all right, this guy has, you know, top 10 talent. There's this other stuff going on. Maybe it's worth a shot. And, you know, obviously it hasn't worked out for him, but you never know. Like if he would have ended up here in a completely indifferent environment with, you know, some of the veterans they brought in, the, the locker room they built, built has been really strong. Maybe that could have, you know, changed his career. I'm I'm a, you know, a person that, that believes that environments, you know, is important in anything, really any aspect of life. You know, I, I think it's a key factor for, for how guys develop and thrive and all that stuff. So you can't necessarily say it didn't work out here, so it wouldn't work out over here. Maybe it would have. But, yeah, I mean, I I thought the same thing. I was pretty strong leading up to that draft. I kind of kept that under my hat. Uh, but I was, you know, kind of like poo-pooing the idea of taking him after a certain point. And then, you know, it comes up at the end of that that round and he's still there. You know, I just think that that the risk was worth it at that point. All right, well, let's get back to the uh, the draft coming up here tomorrow, Nick. Pick 24, let's assume the Saints stay there. Give me your top three guys that you think have equal 
chance of being there available at that pick that would interest the saints in terms of what they look lo- look for in a prototype and what fits their need. Can you give me kind of three guys that are most on your radar as going to the saints at that pick? Well, I think the, the queen Murray thing's kind of, kind of obvious and almost probably cheating in terms of this conversation, but you know, all the moves they made this offseason pretty much showed you how much they think they need another linebacker. You know, they made the $6 million offer to Jamie Collins. He got 10 from the Lions. They tried to, you know, see the market on Corey Littleton. He was too expensive, quickly found out, you know, and, and moved another direction. And, you know, honestly, I, I think they waited to do the Alonzo thing to see if they could sign somebody else. And if they had signed somebody else, I'm skeptical that he would still be on the team. But then once, you know, they kind of struck out, they did that to to clean up the deal and uh, to clean up the cap. And look, I mean, I don't know if if I would even consider linebacker like an immediate must. I, th- I think their top three is really good. And if that top three stays healthy for the whole season, you know, I, I'm not necessarily sure that, that you need that first round linebacker to come in and, and do anything right away, which would benefit both those guys. And, Really across the whole roster, I don't think that there's a spot anywhere that I'm looking at besides, you know, maybe Traquan Smith's job where you're sitting here saying like, oh, they can draft somebody and he can come in and start right away. I I think a lot of positions, it'd be kind of, you know, a luxury pick, a draft and develop depth. You know, I, I don't think you need to draft starters. So, you know, either one of those guys, I, I think they need a lot of a lot of work. Both of them, I think, with their mental processing could use a little bit of time. Uh Murray wasn't asked to cover much, so I don't I don't know if he can really cover. It's a it's a projection, um, you know. Some of his pursuit stuff's a little a little worrisome. I don't think Queen would fit their weight prototype, but I think that's something that could probably be overlooked. And you can you know say, hey, we'll play this guy in, you know, these packages, these situations. Well, he gains ten pounds and maybe mask some of the inefficiencies and you know aspects of his game that are, are caused by a lack of playing strength so I, I would put those two up there I like uh you know if Jefferson falls I, I think he's an, an obvious guy that you got to look at Ajax another one that you know I, I think fits a lot of what they do especially you know the breeze version of the offense now that's you know another thing like if you're looking at wide receivers are you looking at them to fit you know breeze and what he needs to succeed for quite possibly one year or are you looking at it like okay there's Taysom Hill and you know his arm can do all these other things so should we be valuing these other traits more you know that that would be an interesting you know situation to see if there's there's a burner versus a possession type guy and you know who they take so you know I think both those guys would be on there and the, the huge one for me would be Jordan Love now I I've gotten mixed signals both ways on him some people seem to think that that he's a Saints target. Other people seem to think he isn't. And then you even look through the media reports, it's the same thing. You got Mike Lombardi and uh, Ian Rapshi, you know, speculating that they could trade up for him. And you got Peter King saying that, you know, they don't like him. And it, it's all over the place. And, you know, it, it. I've never really quite seen those differing opinions on saints things from legitimate people that i know to be plugged in on you know things that they know about so you know it's interesting like or do they really not like them or are they telling people they like i i don't know like did the mahomes thing maybe create the need to to create a smoke screen for 
your picks now, like it, and not even like necessarily related to love. Like they could be talking about love and have their eyes on somebody else. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, th- that whole situation might have changed maybe their approach with you know certain reporters leading up to to the draft. But like I said, I mean, personally, I I feel like I'm more in the dark this year than than any other year, and it's just I think because of the spread out nature and nobody really knows anything at this point. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a a good one. In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 
I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Well, it's it's hard because they're 26 and 6 the last 2 years, right? And and you can argue that they have the best roster in the NFL and they've been, they've won the most games the last 2 years and the playoffs is a crapshoot. So, it's hard to find holes and you know, in 2018, it sort of pointed to the fact, right Nick, because they struck out with Wilkerson, they struck out with Sue in free agency. You knew that Sean Payton had said we must in uh, an edge rusher sort of fell in the must. So, it kind of you felt that way going into the draft. At least there was a decent shot that they were going to do something pretty big to get an edge rusher. This year, you look at it, you're like, eh, I don't know. And like you said, with linebacker, everybody says it's a need, but if everybody's healthy, maybe not. So as we're watching the draft, what is either a position or a certain guy, or if he starts to fall and he starts getting into that 8 to 10 to 12 range, your ears are going to start burning and you're going to be like, hmm. Better start looking at the Saints because that's a guy that they may really like. And we're not so much that you've heard they like, but you just doing all your research on guys that fit the profile of what physically they want. Who's a guy that if he starts to fall, we should really get excited and start worrying about them making the big move YOLO to go up and get him. I, I don't know if there's even like anyone up there – I mean, Simmons, I guess, <laughs> I think, but I think everybody would, would make a trade up for him. Um, you know, in that range, I, I think it's probably a little too aggressive, but I think maybe if like Ruggs was sitting there at like 16, 17, and again, I, that, that position's so deep that the value might not be there. But like, if, if there was somebody where I was like, this is the guy that they're going to be in love with, I, I think that would probably be the guy. Well, we know they're in love with Tyree kill. So if, uh, you know, if you're looking for right. that kind of player, that's just making a, uh that kind of a change for the offense, that kind of a dynamic player, maybe they'd look at it. Uh, Nick, can I get you to weigh in real quick on uh, your impressions of Gronkowski now going to the Bucks? I mean, you just covered the Patriots, so now you've got Tom and Gronk going to Tampa. Um, do you, I guess two-part question. Number one, at this point in their careers, they, they are what they are. How worried should Saints fans be? about the Bucks this year and kind of second part to that question, does this alter in any way the fact that Gronk's going to be there now? Does that alter in any way your draft plans? Would you like to see them maybe draft a little differently to account for that? 
No, because I, I think that they can probably cover Gronk with the guys that they got. I think Gardner Johnson does a pretty solid job. I think the Mario Davis, you know, on early downs would be able to pick him up and, you know, you know, at least if not break up passes, like he can, he can track and tackle. I think if you had to PJ Williams, somebody that can track and tackle, he's not going to see the ball if he's, you know, in man coverage with his back to the quarterback. But, you know, I think he tackles well enough and, and he moves well enough to be able to stick with Gronk. Um, you know, I like Gronk isn't, Travis Kelsey at this point in in his career, you know, he's, he's a big guy. He's going to get open. You know, he's going to be open even when he's not open due to the the nature of, you know, his physicality and his his stature, but he's not somebody that I would like blow up my team or or have to have a specific plan for it. uh, You know, this point in his career. Um, But I do think he can still play. Like I know everybody wants to to point quickly to the numbers the last time he played. And now it's like, I don't even know what it was, 700 yards or whatever. But he started that season looking really well. He ended that season looking very good. And he got hurt in the middle and he slowed down a little bit. And the accumulation of injuries for him, I think, have played a a significant part in, you know, the the later stages of his career. But he did just take a year off. I think he's probably healthy you know, he's he's probably going to have to knock some rust off coming back. This offseason, the way it is, isn't going to help him. I mean, I assume him and Brady are probably together somewhere right now throwing passes, though. So I don't think that's going to gonna be too big of a deal for him. And look, the other thing, too, is I, I think it helps Brady a lot because I think the biggest issue with Brady throughout his whole entire career has been building chemistry with other players, and he just does not have the patience to do it. And yeah, he's going to have to let that go, go into a different team. And, you know, I think he's he's probably aware of that. But I think having somebody that you're familiar with and that you can go out there and on day one, you know, you're going to know how to play with him and you know how to read his body language. And that's that's your safety blanket over the middle. Having that, I think, is going to be huge for the Bucks. And, you know, I, I don't I just don't think it changes the balance of power. I don't think having Brady changes the balance of power. And honestly, between the two guys, and you know, I'm going to regret saying this, but I think between the two guys, I, I'm more wait and see with Brady than I am with Gronk because last year was just flat out. It was bad. He was he was under 60 percent like after week four till the end of the season, like and it just yeah. I mean, some of it was due to having bad wide receivers and you know guys not knowing what they were doing. But I mean, you know. Brady is not going to have that instant chemistry with Mike Evans either. And, you know, if he's as much of a perfectionist in Tampa as he was in New England, like there were times last year, their, their first round pick Nikhil Harry, you know, he, they have all these option routes in their offense. And, you know, there would be something with the way the safety was supposed to be positioned that it was very clear that Harry was supposed to, you know, turn his route back and, and, you know, sit somewhere for the ball. And, he would keep going straight up the sideline and like Brady would do things to like, and I swear it was intentional to make it painfully obvious that everybody was screwing up except for Brady. Like he'd throw the ball like 15 yards behind him out of bounds. And it's just like, you know, you can't be that picky going to a new situation with new guys. And yeah, it just, some of the accuracy last year was, was not, you know, the otherworldly Brady accuracy. Now I think he's going to look good with all these guys around them, but I don't know how much at this point in his career, Brady's elevating anybody, whereas I think he needs other people to help elevate him. And that's my question. They obviously have the the cast to do it, but it's it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. My final question on Brady is: You watched him all year, and and you know when we watched that Saints Monday Night game from 2006 against the Falcons, the one thing that really stuck out to me was 
and then I know it's 15 years ago, but it was like, wow, Drew was really mobile in the pocket, and they would move him, and he could throw on the run, and he could do all these things, and he's still great, and he still does a lot of amazing stuff, but it's not the same. What was one physical thing from Brady that you're like, he's 42, and that is really starting to decline? Yeah, I mean, I think it was some of the, the accuracy stuff. And, like, he's never been a, a mobile guy. I don't think he's he's ever been someone that, you know, you've kind of been in awe about, like, how he moves or anything. But he's definitely, you know, stiffer and slower than than he used to be. So that, you know, I, I just I just don't think – look, I mean, I'm just going to – like, and I might – again, I might regret saying this later because he has such a, you know, a staggering array of weapons that are going to be around him now. But I, I just, you know – I watched Breeze. I, I watched Brady. You know, I, I really don't think that, you know, last season, last season, like the comparison, I just don't think is, is even really there. I think Brady was, was significantly below the level of play that, that Breeze was at. And, you know, just raw numbers back that up. The tape backs it up too. Like, like I said, I mean, some of these guys that he was throwing the ball to were terrible, but like, look, they had a first round pick. They traded a second round pick for Mohamed Sanu. Like he got hurt and was, was hindered a little bit. Okay. Uh, Philip Dorsett's a former first round pick hasn't lived up to the billing, but he's still a solid player. People in new England will fight you to death that Julian Edelman's a hall of famer. Uh, they got James white, one of the better pass catching backs in, in, in the NFL. You know, it wasn't like a completely barren situation. Like it's not a, a top level weapon situation, but it wasn't the league worst either. So, you know, some of that stuff was on Brady. It wasn't just everybody else that was around them. All right, Nick. So, I, I guess I'll leave with this final question. Um, and thanks again for coming on, man. Um, yep. What I won't ask you to predict who the Saints take because that's unfair. We don't know how one through 23 goes. But it, do you have a parting thought on just how you would like to see from a roster standpoint the Saints get out of this draft having accomplished? I want him to take Jordan Love, man. Like, <laughs> honestly, I think that would be the most interesting thing in a in an off season where there aren't going to be like OTAs and and you know mini camps and all that stuff. You know, for me, what I do, it's something to talk about for a while. It's it's a great it's a great thing to monitor. Um, I would love to do see. Do you want Sean that Payton. for the Saints or do you want that for you? I want that for me. <laughs> Nick, right. I just shipped 105 crew to taste some cups. I can't have. Him not being the future of the Saints, man. Just kidding. I, I mean, look, if it's a one-off cup, it's a collector's item, man. That's <laughs> true. But look, I mean, honestly, you know, for the Saints, if it's not Jordan Love, I would like to see them sign a good veteran or draft another quarterback somewhere within the first three rounds because I think they need to have somebody there to at least, to at least create a juxtaposition and some competition and set a level where Taysom has to beat out this guy to have the job. I Maybe they're so convinced that he truly is Steve Young. I haven't seen it yet. Okay, so like I, I would like to see them get somebody to at least have that barrier and, okay, you go beat him and the job's yours. If not, then you got somebody else that can do it. And, you know, I, I just think that you always got to be looking for a quarterback. And until you have Drew Brees, I think you got to keep, you know, dipping your toe back into the water. So... At some point, I'd like to see him get a quarterback. You know, the interior offensive line, I, I think they should get somebody. Um, you know, I, I'm not 
I'm not done on Warford. I, I, you know, I know the opinion in the building was, was pretty low on him last year. I know that they were on him vocally throughout the year to, to lose some weight and they weren't happy with the play, but you know, I, Warford's still 29. I think there's a chance for him to, you know, still turn it around. He feels like an old 29, but he's only 29. So, you know, he can still, I think he can come back and play well, but you know, maybe replacing him in a year, you get someone in, they're learning all that stuff. I mean, the saints like to, to take that approach, it seems, you know, to, to draft their next year starters a year early and let them kind of acclimate to the system. So line and, you know, I think you got to do something to try to get Traquan Smith out of there. Like it's year three, it, you know, it, if it hasn't happened yet, maybe it does, but the odds are pretty low. And, you know, I think you could do something there and, you know, he needs, he's another one that needs to at least be earning his job. And then defensively, I don't know. It's weird because I kind of feel like they need somebody anywhere on the defensive line, three tech or edge, but they really don't either if everything goes right. But the Sheldon Rankin situation is just a little bit, I don't know, troubling at this point. I, I don't know what to expect from him. He could come back and be the guy all over, over again. And, you know, he's looking at a mega contract or I could just as easily see a season where it's, you know, kind of a lost year. And if it is like, who do you have to provide that interior rush? You know, you could draft a three tech, you could draft a, a defensive end and be able to kick somebody inside and, uh, you know, in those pass rushing situations. And, you know, Cam Jordan's probably to an age where you could start managing his snaps a little bit better so that, you know, that aging process going forward maybe isn't so extreme. You know, I don't think you want him to be playing 90% of the snaps when he's 34 years old or whatever. So, you know, having a third guy that that's worthy of a high level amount of snaps at that position wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing. And, you know, linebackers, another spot, uh, it doesn't have to be early in the draft, but I think at some point just having somebody else there to, you know, give you another, another depth player, somebody that can develop a little bit would, would, would be a good thing. Final question for me. And then we'll let you leave Alvin Kamara, his future with the saints. Do you think it's more likely than not that he will have a future and they will give him an extension or is it more likely that 2020 is his final year? Ooh, I don't know. I, I honestly, I could see it either way. I, I honestly don't know. I, you know, I think if, if you're moving forward with, with breeze, I think the likelihood of, of it being the last year would maybe be a little bit higher, but I think if you're moving on from him and your quarterback's cost control, I think you can maybe justify going a little bit higher. But for me, and I'm not like speaking as the saints same for me, you know, if I got to spend 16 million, I, maybe I want to go buy, you know, the best cornerback on the market and put him at that position and, you know, maybe try to trade in for, you know, someone like Edwards Hilaire or next year's version of Edwards Hilaire and use that. I just feel like the, the positional value, if you're talking about, you know, 14, 15, 16 million for a running back, it has nothing to do with, with Alvin. It has nothing to do with Christian McCaffrey. I think both those players are, are really good. Um, if Alvin comes back healthy, look, we've seen him. You know, he possesses the talent to be a generational type player if he stays healthy for any sustained period of time. But $16 million for a running back? Like, I think you could go get Edwards Hilaire, and it might not be a complete replacement, but you're going to get something 
close that's passable that's not sixteen million dollars. So Let's go Tigers. I just <laughs> I just think philosophically philosophically for me it's it's hard to justify paying that kind of money to a running back. But look if it's Taysom and you're gonna run this, you know, read option attack and the the chemistry's there and you know you're you're looking at it like okay we're paying this to the quarterback so we can pay this to the running back i wouldn't like pan the move it's just it's just hard for me to get my head around a running back making that much money all right nick thanks so much guys we you gave us more time than we originally asked guys find nick on twitter or instagram and support him we got him back we're going to make sure he never leaves us again. We need great people covering the Saints. It makes it more fun. Uh, Nick, thanks again for joining us, and I'm sure we'll talk to you down the line. Thanks for having me.